Good morning, everybody. Crazy Agent here. Hope you're having a fantastic Wednesday. Um, focusing this one on um, motivation, right? So if you're familiar again with the Sherman Speaking Series here on Anchor, I want to focus Mondays on leadership, Tuesday on career progression, Wednesday on just overall motivation, Thursday social media, and Friday rounding it out with personal development. Very all-inclusive, obviously, that topic. So this one, um, I'm starting off with the poem that I read last night, The Will to Win, and I want to be able to put it out there for each of you is, what are those different passions that you have that really drive you? And one of the things that is interesting is that although we might be passionate about certain things, doesn't mean it doesn't come without work. And that's the, the that's the tough thing about it is I might, let's say, love animals. And so with that means that I'm going to volunteer at the local humane society and I'm going to bathe or I'm going to watch um, the, 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 the various, you know, dogs and cats, and I'm going to work with people and adopting them. And so there's going to come work to be able to help that hobby, help that passion in, in, uh, giving to all those different animals. And so I think it's a little bit confusing for some people. They think that, Oh, if I'm passionate about something, then it doesn't mean that I'm, I'm ever going to feel like I'm working. There's, there's effort that needs to be put forth. Um, especially in things that you're passionate about. Um, I think about some people that are just phenomenal athletes and how obsessed they are over that sport. You know, I think about, um, I was reading an article how Tiger Woods is recounting his first time going to the Masters and um, chip shotting with, uh, I can't remember the golfer's name, but for four hours, they just were practicing their chip shots. And for most people playing golf, four hours is what it takes them to do 18 holes, not literally one stroke. Like, that's all he's doing is chipping onto the green for four hours and then I think about other athletes I think uh, Kobe Bryant literally would spend hours watching basketball videos of other uh, players other teams and literally dissecting their moves and understanding how he can break down their defense and so um, or or their offense and then I think about that obsessiveness that made him so good at the top of his game and so as you think about the different passions that you have, the likes and, and also the dislikes, I think it's important to understand your passions as much as it's important to understand what you don't like to do, the things that you're, you're dispassionate about or not motivated to do. And that's totally okay. Like, so for example, I really don't give a crap about, um, you know, certain charities or organization and that's okay because I give a crap about a lot of other ones. And so you need to pick your poison and what you're passionate about and then really focus your, your time and talents to all those different um, areas. And I think that'll help you really focus on what's really where your time and your talents and your resources should go instead of trying to follow the whims of whatever's happening. So, um, like, so for example, if you're all in on pets, all in on animals, then if someone's like, hey, when you want to help the, you know, with the Crohn's Foundation or the local ch um, children's, no, I don't. I appreciate you asking and it's just not something that you're interested in. And I, and I think that's where you start finding uh, greater levels of success and happiness and satisfaction. At the same time, you avoid things like anxiety and feeling like you're not giving more or that you should be living up to a certain level of expectation because you're motivated to help where you already know where your time, talents, and resources are already being fully utilized. So, question that you need to ask yourself is, what's truly motivating you? Sure, though.
crazy agent here following up on that a lot of times people will ask me well then how do I how do I know what to follow like I'm passionate about certain things but you know like I, I love my local sports team um, you know I'm really I, I you know I love helping out children um, it doesn't mean that your profession has to match that um, there are many people I know that have a professional career um, doing something and then their side hobby is do, you know, donating their time and some of their talents and resources to the local uh, boys and girls club, or um, they're a big brother, big sister, or you know they love children. They have, even have children of their own, but they decide to become foster parents to be able to help others. And so, what the moment that you and I can realize that it's about finding that happy medium, whatever that means to you. I, it's not a balance because it, that makes it seem like there's going to be this um, happy medium of eight hours, eight hours, eight hours, eight hours, no, eight hours um, divided three times in a day. And it just doesn't work that way. Oh, eight hours of sleep, eight hours of work, eight hours for, for fam time. There's just so many things that are pulling at our, at our, at our time. At the same time, in, in that same thought process, there are different seasons that you have life with, right? So you, you're going to have children that are infants, um, and they grow up and they become young children. And uh, lo and behold, um, you keep them alive, you, you keep them fed, and they're going to be involved in different activities. And you're going to want to make sure that you're there. And then they become teenagers and they have different activities and they require different shuttling around. Um, you know, you basically become a, an unpaid uh, chauffeur. It's basically Uber or Lyft, but you, they don't have to hail you. Uh, it's just, it just, hey, meet me outside. Boom, done. Now you're chauffeur time. So the, the thing about life that people don't understand is number one is that people are in an assumption that they continually keep getting day after day after day in the exact same moment that it happens. The other one is that they have the expectations that they've never adjusted since they were like 12 years old. So they're like, oh, I think I should be a, uh, you know, a DJ. Well, being a DJ was cool when they were 12. And now that they're older, they really should be focused on being a better parent, right? That they should, they should adjust their life aspirations to the times that they're going through. At the same time, I'm not saying that you totally abandon your, your passions. If you're super into being a DJ, then create your own playlist and share it with the world. Uh, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to abandon your profession in order to follow your passions is what I'm saying. The, the other thing that people often ask me is, well, then how do I know? How do I follow my passions? I don't know. I don't know how to do that. The best thing to do is to do something. So if you already have a job and you're passionate about, let's say, um, your local sports team, well, then go volunteer there. Like every Sunday, go there and volunteer. Or if you're really passionate about them, then have people over and um, create your own blog, create your own podcast. Like don't abandon your full-time job that's paying you $120,000 to go you know, be a sports writer and you've never been a journalist in your life and you really realize that you actually don't know what the heck you're talking about because people can walk circles around you because they understand the ins and outs of the various plays that are being broken down by one person over the other. And so you can start by doing a little bit of something and you might realize, okay, I, I'm really passionate about watching my sports team, but man, I, I hate writing on a blog. I, I don't want to create my own video or podcast. I just really like watching them. Well, that becomes just a passion. That's just a hobby. That's just fun. So enjoy it for what it is. And that's just enjoyment, relaxation. And 
find something else that you're passionate about that you want to be able to give more of your time. And, and that might be being the best husband around. And, and so you might decide to start researching how to be a better husband and, or a better father. And, and, and that's where I think sometimes we have a tendency to just life wash over us and not really go all in on the things that are really important to us, right? So, so many times people are, they'll tell me that they're really passionate about being a father or they're really passionate about being a husband and I'll say, well, what are you doing to get better? Well, what do you mean? Like, like, have you gone to like a seminar? Have you talked to other parents? Have you talked to other, other spouses? Like, what are you doing that that's making you better? Or are you just doing it by default based on what you saw? And guess what? Your dad was a, your dad was a total douchebag. So you need to totally adjust what you're doing because your paradigm shift is not shifted. Sure, though. All right, crazy Asian here. Following up on that, your dad's a douchebag. So here's the here's the point: is a lot of times people are will say that they're passionate about becoming a specific role, and let's just stay on this this idea of being an amazing parent. And the problem is that if they they're sizing them up against someone else, and typically when it comes to parenting, you're going to size yourself up, or you're going to have your expectations based on what you've experienced in life. And so, depending on kind of the childhood that you had, you either saw good and bad, well you did, you saw good, bad, and you saw some ugly. And the question is, is which one do you, are you gonna to decide to be? And so the person that's probably listening to this podcast is probably the person that's saying, hey, I wanna better myself. And so that's, you're the kind of person then that's looking, in, in, in introspectively looking at your life and going, hey, I want something more, I want something better out of my life. And so when it comes to parenting, I'm not saying you gotta go read a bunch of self-help books uh, because I think there's gobs of books on parenting, I definitely would say though, question your your moves, like in your decisions and the way that you react and the way that you engage and ask yourself, why do you do that? Um, you know, do, do you do you spank? And, and if you do, why do you do that? Well, my dad did and my parents did. Well, why, why, why? Like, why is that your reaction? Um, and because I think a lot of times when people were to evaluate their decisions of parenting, they would do something different because the reality is that there's no instruction manual and each child responds completely differently to either a carrot being praised and recognition versus a stick and being punished and so you need to understand your children well enough and understand that they're changing right so and what what might have worked when they were kids you know a little tap on the butt doesn't work when they're 16 years old and they're really moody and they um they're they're really concerned about what's happening with their friends or maybe they're being bullied and they don't they Oftentimes, I'd say that people need more love than they need reprimanding. They need more support than they need cynicism. And so many times in the world, we, we end up just living our lives by default instead of evaluating our decisions and saying, okay, that's really the kind of person that I want to be. And the moment that we end up deciding that we want to improve on something, it doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It just means that there's ways to improve. And 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 I think I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, for me, the pursuit of who I am as a character, as a human being, as a someone that wants to give back to society, it's a lifelong pursuit. I will, I will constantly be evaluating what I'm doing till the day that I'm dead or the day that I get Alzheimer's. Either one, I want to make sure that I'm going all in. I, it's, I don't joke. Alzheimer's is a real thing. So, um, so is dementia. So I'm not, I'm not laughing at that. It's just that. Well, at that point, I probably won't be so concerned about uh, self-help um, and, and personal development. So as you go all in on yourselves and start evaluating your different decisions, don't 
get overwhelmed. Don't beat the crap out of yourself for things that you can't control. Because guess what? Sometimes life sucks. Like sometimes you might realize when you start evaluating how you're treating other people, guess what? You're you're kind of a jerk. And that's okay. Like you're taking a pulse and you're saying, okay, this is where I am. And the funny thing about it is, even if you focus on being a better person right now, guess what? In five years, you're probably still gonna be focused on being a better person. It's just how life is. There's there's constant need for improvement because we're completely flawed individuals. There's a it's like a path per, towards perfection. It's windy, it's muddled, it's dark, sometimes it's lit. We don't know what the heck we're doing. The value, though, is constantly moving forward, constantly making decisions to improve. And that doesn't make you a weak person. It actually makes you a very strong person. It doesn't make you someone that's flawed because guess what? You are. And that's totally okay. You got to love yourself, good, bad, and the ugly. Like, I know that's one thing that I am very comfortable with myself is that someone were to point out flaws, yeah, they exist. Sure, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, there's some things I don't know. There's certain things I do know, and that's okay. And I don't expect everybody that's listening to the sound of my voice to be like, oh yeah, this guy totally knows what he's talking about. I totally, totally agree. Other people are gonna look at you, look at me and go, oh, he doesn't have a master's degree or a PhD. So what? Like, I don't give any value on those kinds of things on what I'm talking about today because it doesn't help me. Like, I'm not gonna go to school and go get a master's degree in psychology just so I can understand how to be a better parent. I'm just gonna parent. I'm going to evaluate what are my decisions and go, okay, that worked out well and that didn't so work so well. Um, because that's, that's what's important to me. Like I have certain roles that I play in my life and I want to be able to make sure that I'm doing the best that I can in those roles. I hope you do the same. Sure, Joe. All right, Crazy Asian here. A lot of people are asking, okay, well, how does that do with the motivation? So oftentimes people will, will separate themselves based on the different roles that they play, right? So if you're a, a parent, you're a spouse, you're a coworker, you're a boss, you're a manager, you're a brother, you're a sibling, you're a child uh, to someone. And so by those different roles, you might want to find yourself a, a desire to improve. So I know we have personal development on Friday. And again, this is kind of dovetailing into that because I don't think you can really be motivated without kind of having a glimmer of what you want to become. And it's that old, you know, Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, begin with the end in mind. And so the end in mind here for for any role that you play is to say, what kind of qualities, what kind of characteristics do you want to exemplify in that role? And then let's start working at it. And that should really be motivating to you. So um, let's go to health and nutrition and fitness. Sometimes people have a tendency to look at weight, and that's that's. I think that's really detrimental because the moment that you get to that weight, now what? Like, why should I go to the gym? Why should I even focus on eating? And so you have this this back and forth in weight, where you know people go in and out of, of weight, you know, twenty pounds in and out, you know, every other year. Um, it seems like they're I'm I'm healthy one year. It's like it's like it's like or it's it's like the Olympics, right? Every four years they seem to be getting themselves into shape, and the other three years they kind of get crappy and um, crappy with themselves, and they're crappy with their habits, and so. What you want to focus in on then is what ultimately do you want to have? So, so for me, I just want to have a healthy life, my my entire life, right? I don't I don't want to be like 80 years old and hunchbacked. I don't want to be like 90 years old and like, um, like have a huge gut and or, or 70 years old and like I can't like play around with the grandkiddos. Like, I want to be as healthy as possible. And so with that, for me, I just have a look at my life and say, okay, what 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 do I need to cut out? And so, um, not too long ago, back in May, I decided, okay, I'm going to cut out soda. 
because I was pounding like 32 ounces of soda every single day, sometimes 64 ounces, and I know that that's not good for me, right? Like, I, I think everything needs to be a certain, the most things need to be in moderation. And when it comes to health and nutrition, it has to be in moderation, in my opinion. Now, do I have a PhD in nutrition? No, I don't. This is Sherm's thoughts, okay? This is Sherm's stories. Uh, and again, if you want someone that's a PhD, then don't listen to what I'm talking about. Um, because I don't have a PhD. Um, and so, for me, I decided that I, I wanted to cut that out. I wanted to have control over that. So, boom, the next day, no soda. Just cut it out. And so now I have it occasionally. Just like once every couple weeks. And so just for fun, just for enjoyment, because I like the, I like the bubblies. And so the reason why I bring that up is because that, that I can control that throughout my lifetime. And then I can just start evaluating, okay, how much meat am I consuming? Is that enough meat? Is that not enough meat? Um, am I consuming enough proteins? Is that good or not? Am I having enough uh, servings of fruits and vegetables on a daily basis? And so I start evaluating what I want on a daily basis versus trying to get to a specific weight goal. Now, eventually, yes, I do want to get down to like 195. I'm 210 right now. And I'm okay with where I'm at because I'm making good, healthy decisions. I'm exercising about four to five times a week. Um, exercise for me is typically a, a tractor tire, sledgehammer, um, pull-up bar, uh, weights. Uh, I have a parachute and I run. So I try to do some high-intensity workouts. At the same time, uh, I'll go probably three to four times a week and I'll go to the steam room and I'll stretch. So I'll stretch for like 10 minutes. That's my own version of um, hot yoga. Uh, it's just by myself though. And um, if typically there aren't any dudes in it. It's just, I mean, just just protocol. It's just, let's, let's talk about that real quickly. Um, sidebar, steam room etiquette. Number one, keep your clothes on, please. Uh, I don't want your naked butt on the same place that I might put my butt. Now, I, might, I, have, a, I have a swimsuit on. So it's fine. Um, other people, if you do want to go in there naked, take a towel, please. Um, the other thing is, please don't shave in there. It's not a place to shave. Shaving is for the sink. Okay, so go out there. If you want to do it in the shower, that's fine too. But it's not for the it's not for the steam room. You're crazy. Um, and the other thing is, of course, don't talk to me. It's a steam room, dude. Like, we're here in our skivvies. Like, I don't want to hear about your day. I'm here to stretch. I'm here to relax. I don't want to hear about your yammering, dude. It's it's locker room protocol. Shut your mouth. Okay, back to the thing. Okay, so when you when you know what you want from a character perspective, one of a, from a big picture perspective, that helps you move in and out of different scenarios and different situations and continue to build on yourself. That should be motivating. Who you want to be, who you want to become. Question is, who is that? Sure do. Okay, let's talk a little bit about this law of attraction because I think people sometimes think, okay, well then all, all I need to do is put out these wishful thinkings of what I want to become and you know, I create my vision board and, and things are just going to happen. I believe in the law of attraction. I believe in the secret. I believe, I've read the book, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Um, I, I consume a ton of you know, positive thinking, the law of attraction type stuff. Because number one, I believe in it. And, and number two is, it, 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 it is reality. Like who you are and how you hold yourself out there will attract certain things in your life. Guess what, if you're a smoker and you decide to take a break, who else is out there? Other smokers. It's, it's, just, it's just natural science, right? If, if you like a specific team like the Packers, guess what happens when you decide to go to a Packer game? There's a ton of other Packer fans and you start attracting people, um, certain things that you like, you talk about, you are passionate about, and guess what? You find other people that are passionate. If I go to the gym, guess what? There's other gym rats there too. Um, 
If I decide to go in the organic section at a grocery store, guess what? Those are the crazies that are eating organic food too. And so you can start moving yourself in a way that's really meaningful. Oh, by the way, uh, organic oftentimes is just a way that they can charge more money, so just avoid that. Um, certain things, certain things, uh, it's legitimate. Other things, it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, for example, organic carrots, I don't think that really exists. I don't think, I don't think they're actually like pumping carrots with uh, steroids in order to give you a, a huger carrot. Especially if you're buying baby carrots. Come on, get real. Organic carrots, it's a freaking joke. Talk to a farmer, figure it out. Anyway, um, so then, back back to where I was, it's totally sidebar there. Um, as you think about what you ultimately want in your, in, in, in your aspirations of life, it becomes really apparent. Oh, dear, I told Okay, totally got distracted there, so I apologize on kind of cutting that uh, last uh, episode was a little short. Um, so, final thoughts on organic. So, look, there's no police. The FDA isn't checking in. Uh, oh, put that label on organic. Let's go check it out. Let's go see the processes. Um, free-range birds, by the way, three feet by three feet. Doesn't mean that they're running all over the place. Like, understand that the context of slapping that word out there is it's it's more of a buzzword than it is reality. So, understand that they're just charging you more money. Where, where, where I was coming from was law of attraction. So let's start. Let's go back to there. Is that it? Totally works. It is reality, right? Like, it, there's there's way more value in you thinking about positive outcomes of life and opti- um, optimistic um, re- results versus the pessimism or oh, I'm just being realistic. Who cares about being realistic? No good things in life were accomplished because someone said, oh, I was just being realistic, so that's why I didn't do much. Like, um, oh, I was just being realistic, that's why we, we decided to build a plane. The Wright brothers didn't say that. They're running a bicycle shop for freak's sake. Like, they convinced crazy people like them to be like, yeah, we're gonna get man to fly. Uh, what's your degree in aer- aer- aerodynamics? Uh, none. Um, uh, I just wanna do it. Um, they were crazy, and that's okay. Like, they didn't need to play it safe. Nobody cared. Well, I guess they did to a certain extent because they, you know, probably didn't want to hurt each other. But the, so when it comes to what you want in life, yes, put it out there. Tell, you know, you see the good and bad of it when it comes to your goals. I, I'd say the people that you hold close and dear, share with them your goals. At the same time, understand that they might poo-poo on your ideas. And that's okay. If you truly want something, then go at it. Like, you should really be motivated to go get what you want out of life. At the same time, I'm not talking about somebody's like, oh, I want to go kill people. Well, then you're a moron. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, someone that's listening to this podcast is not going to, like, be some cynic that's going to be like, oh, I'm going to go kill people. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying follow your passions that are not imposing on other people, please. Um, we're talking about good things in life. Um, and, and again, if let's just stay focused on that. Good things. Let's be good things. Let it be good things. Let, let you be good things. I think, by the way, I said the word huger last time. So let's let's eliminate that I said that. Like, that's not a real word. Um, larger. So, more huge, I guess. When it comes to putting out what you want. Yes, you. however you are as, like, what's going to motivate you. If, if, if c- cutting a photo out of the house that you want or cutting a photo out of the, the car that you want or, you know, the, the kind of this... Uh, idyllic lifestyle of a, a family with children and, and a dog and, and, a, and a white picket fence, you want that kind of lifestyle, then yes, hold it out there for yourself. And then start mapping the decisions that you're taking today to get there. Um, a lot of times people talk about reverse engineering. One thing that you, that that reality that happens with reverse engineering is you still got to go through the pain points of figuring it out. 
you still gotta go through the pain points of creating it. So I could talk to another person about opening up a dry cleaner and understand all about the chemicals and about the processes and about managing individuals and about pricing and about sales and about um, you know uh, delivery versus having a store. And so I can know all about that. It still doesn't take away from the pain of creating a client base. It doesn't take away from the pain of having to go to there at six o'clock in the morning to unlock the doors to be able to serve um, you know, the customers and staying there till about 6.30 or seven o'clock at night. It still doesn't go through the pain process of understanding the profit and loss statement at the end of the month. It still doesn't go through the pain process of uh, talking talk, talk to the accountant about you know where we are at financially or the need to hire people or to be able to fire people. Like there, There's still pain in going through the process. Even though I've talked to a ton of people about understanding how to open up a dry cleaner and how to run a business and maybe even go to like uh, networking events and be able to understand what other people are thinking about when it comes to running their own business. And so it doesn't avoid, reverse engineering doesn't avoid the work. And so I think that's where people, they get a little bit confused when they think about the law of attraction or, um, you know, the secret is that they think that they don't have to work. It comes with work. Unfortunately, it does. Like opportunities are often uh, mistakenly wearing overalls that it's going to require some kind of effort on our part. And however, here's the strange secret in that, is that as you constantly focus on moving yourself forward and attracting the things that you want, you start literally bringing things into your life that you really want. You start, if you want to date, you start, and you want a long-term relationship, you start dating people differently. Like your reactions, your, what, what you are, how you're holding yourself out is much different than somebody that's looking for a one-night stand. Somebody that wants a long-term commitment is doing and saying things differently on their dates than somebody that just wants to hook it up. Sure, though. All right, Law of Attraction Part 3. So the, the thing about it is that you need to be able to understand that the Law of Attraction is going to also require effort on your part or it's going to require you to change something about what's happening in your life. And that's totally okay. Like, you shouldn't be demotivated on... Oh my gosh, like I thought the law of attraction was just thinking about having a Porsche and all of a sudden the next day a Porsche is going to deliver at my door. No, but what if you were to post all the time on Instagram about Porsches, let's say you were to go and drive Porsches at every dealership in the in the tri-state area of where you live and you gave evaluations on it and you have like a million people following you, could you go to a dealership and say, hey, do you have a Porsche and I would be worthy or I would be willing to test drive these cars for you, give you give you posts and shout outs to your local dealership, would you give me a Porsche? And they might say yes. And guess what? You're just like a dude from around the block. You don't you're not a celebrity. You're just a dude with a million people following you on freaking YouTube because you're so crazy passionate about Porsches. Like you know everything about the Porsche car, like how it started and what engines they use and why they do what they do. You take trips to the Porsche dealerships. You take trips to the Porsche manufacturing company back in Germany. Like you figure out how to do it. Like I think sometimes people, they we don't spend enough time on the solution to specific problems in our lives. Like somebody that says, oh, I want to be uh, an athlete. Why? Because I want lots of money. Like what else do you, do you like? Well, I love, I love basketball. Well, then why don't you become a reporter? Like literally love everything about basketball. Like there's seriously a dude on Instagram that is making a living, like a living because he's putting up dunks 
dunk. Like, look him up on Instagram. He's got like thousands, tens of thousands, if not millions of people following him on the various platforms because he's editing basketball videos and showing people dunking. Like, that's crazy to me. Like, I know a dude, uh, I know of a dude, um, it's a friend of a friend, who is obsessed over Hot Wheels. This is like a 39-year-old, 40-year-old man that loves Hot Wheels that he's got like tons of people following him. Guess what? Hot Wheels knows this dude. Hot Wheels decided to make a car for this guy. If you're crazy passionate about something, like if you're, you're if you're all in on Pokemon and they decide to make a Pokemon named after you, I'm sorry, but you are totally jacked up. You don't need like a hundred million dollars. You just had the thing that you love in the most in the world combine and partnership with you. How awesome is that? It's a, it's a, it's a great, it's an amazing age that we live in right now. Like, like oh, oh, this is it. Um, if you like motivation that's what we're talking about if you have the opportunity to watch netflix and i hope you do and if not then ask somebody to you know borrow the username and password um watch this cool video it is um jerry seinfeld before seinfeld and he talks about going to this comedy club for free seven days a week doing his bit and he did it for food and he did it because he loved doing it so he would literally literally have a sledgehammer during the day that was his nine to five job or his eight to six whatever and he would hit things with a sledgehammer and then he would go to a comedy club and then he could have like a burger he said um and then he would go do his bit for free and he loved it and he said to himself you know what if i could earn a loaf of bread doing this doing this comedy thing i would love to do it and he did that for years for free the question that I have for most people is, what do you love most that you would do for free day in and day out? So that's that's really, that's why I'm online. Like, that's why I'm here, everybody. Like, that's why do I have a YouTube channel? Why do I post on Instagram? Why do I have this crazy podcast? Because I love engaging with people. Like, I love people so much, I will find you online to engage with you. Like, that's how much I love people. Like my job professionally, I'm a salesperson. I'm in financial services. Has nothing to do with what I do here. What I do here is for fun. I love it. Like I love engaging. I love the the topics that I chose. Leadership, career progression, motivation, um, social media, and personal development for Sherm Speaking Series is because I like those things. I love talking about them. But guess what? That doesn't mean it has to be the way that I'm earning a living. Be passionate about what you want and good things will happen. Terms out. Okay, so what you need to do is leverage fear for your advantage. Fear typically in this kind of context of personal pursuits, of motivation, is meant to help you be prepared. So if let's say you wanted to open your own retail store and you're afraid that it's going to fail, then don't quit your job. Like have your eight to five and then when you get home, um, start posting stuff on eBay or Facebook Marketplace or Amazon and start selling your, opening your shop already. Now, small, little bit at a time. And guess what? That 25 bucks a month turns into 50. That 50 turns into 100. And you can start slowly building up your own retail store, small. And it takes time. So the the question that you have to ask yourself truly is, is that what you want? If, if in 10 years you had exactly, like, Give yourself a timeline of whatever it took to get there, now double it, would you still be doing the exact same thing? For most people, they won't, right? So the, the, the average person is like, oh yeah, I would totally want to make it to the NFL. Then 
how much time are you willing to put into the tasks, right? Like, how much are you throwing that football? Like, how many times have you thrown, like, 20 yards? How many times have you thrown different routes? Like, how many hours have you put in the time? Um, Steve Young talks about throwing 10,000 spirals over a summer, right? Like, think about that context, right? Like, if you read uh, Malcolm Gladwell's um, David versus Goliath, he talks about like the 10,000 hour rule about the students that play like first string in a symphony and how they put in 10,000 hours of actual playtime versus the second strings who've put in about 8,000 hours. There's a significant difference. 2,000 hours, by the way, that's 40 hours a week, 50 weeks in a year. That's literally a year's worth of work. Now, of course, you could do, you could play 80 hours a week and shorten that time to just 25. It's simple math. But the, that's how you want to be able to leverage fear for your own advantage. Let's say, for example, you decide to become a personal trainer because you love fitness and you love helping people helping, helping people win for their own personal nutrition. So let's say you think it's going to take about five years and you can fill in a, a good income of, let's say, 80000 bucks doing this. Let's say that takes you 10 years. Would you still do it? Uh, yeah. Let's say it took you 20 years then. Would you still do it? Oh, I don't know. It took 20 years to do it? Then I don't think you really want that. Right, like the person that's following their passions as their profession is willing to do all that it takes, is willing to put it in no matter the cost. Um, like Walmart, Sam Walton was obsessed with retail. If you read his book, Made in, Made in America, not his book, I think it's a biography actually, um, called Made in America, it talks about how when they go on family vacations, they would stop into every retail store and Sam would walk around with his yellow pad and he would write down the different displays, the different sales, the different ideas. He was obsessed about giving Americans a good deal, his customers the best deal. He was all about giving him, giving them the, mo the most amount of stuff for the least amount of cost. And that's exactly what they stand for today. But he was obsessed over it. Like, like would literally call up other um, retail establishments. They don't say the names because he doesn't want to, because he basically ran them out of business. Um, and they would show him the distribution. They, they would take him around to the corporate office because he was some guy from Arkansas. Who the heck knew of this guy, Sam Walton? Whatever. Sure, we'll show you this, the, how we, like our secret sauce. And he crushed them at their own game. Logistics, retail logistics. The guy was uh, amazing. But he was obsessed. And so, what in your life are you that obsessed about that you tr you're trying to figure out all the angles on in order to win? So again, let's go back to this personal trainer. Okay, so you're okay. Hey, that it took this long to get there and that the income was basically the sidebar to be able to provide for your, your lifestyle. So number one is, what kind of lifestyle do you want? Okay, you want, it, you want a private plane lifestyle. Well, that means you need a lot more income in order to support that. So the question then is, should you be a personal trainer or should you open up your own gym? Should you be a, a personal trainer or should you join Network Marketing Beachbody and create a downline? Like, there's a multitude of different ways that you can go about this. The question that, I, that I'd pose out there is, have you given yourself enough ideas, enough solutions for the problem at hand? Because a lot of times people don't spend enough time figuring out that solution and that's why they're riddled with fear and they don't actually leverage the fear to their advantage and find out the different angles. You gotta find out the different angles. Sherm's out. Hey, Sherm, KT here, talking about persistence with the call center, yeah. Listen, when you aspire somebody, you need to be persistent, you know. Think about it that way too. 
how many times have you had somebody you're trying to convince and they're like, not buying it, not buying it, not buying it, not buying it. You know, every time. Everyone's had that situation. But if you can persistently try, try, persistently try and try new ways to get them connected, you'll see a difference. That's what I personally love about uh, persistence. It's just the determination and the grit and the power to, to continue to do so many great things and just have that persuasive uh, persistence to keep going and keep trying when negative responses get in, hinder in the way. Hey, G, my man, going back to persistence here. Um, one of the things is, from a sales perspective is don't try to sell the unsellable. There's certain people that you just can't persuade to come over to the dark side, so to speak, or to see things your way. That's okay. And so you got to cut your losses. Per, you know, professional persistence is basically having the right professional cadence or engagement with them. You know, if, if let's say they're like, yeah, you can keep in touch with me. So you send them an email here. You, you send them a letter there. You send, you know, make a phone call here. So for example, let me just show you professional, um, how it works on our end. So I might call a client or a prospective client, right? They haven't bought yet. And we have a nice sit down conversation. Let's say it's January and you know, they haven't, uh, it seemed like they wanted to do something. So I call them in, in February and I, and I, and I reach out and say, Hey, uh, and voicemail, haven't heard from you. I wanted to see what your thoughts were. I don't hear from them a week later again in February. Uh, so first mean, let's say that that first week in January and then all of a sudden, so four weeks later, I gave them a phone with a phone call cause I haven't heard from them. And then the week after that, I shoot them an email uh, a week after that, I might uh, call them again. Um, and maybe, um, leave another voicemail and then, uh, in March, I will shoot them a letter or shoot them a, another email and then I will then wait three more months. So we met in Ju January and then my next follow-up or my follow-up, it was February, next next week in February, another February, and then a, a month later in March and then um, three months later in June and then every six months. I'm just reaching out to them. Hey, uh, didn't know if it made sense to sit down again. Uh, let's Let's chat. Um, just wanted to make sure that I'm a resource to you. And so every six months, I'm chiming in. I'm a limo voicemail. I'm shooting them an email. Um, hopefully in that first meeting, I was able to find out what's the best way to communicate with them. That's really key as well because the moment that you can be communicating to them in the medium that they're going to actually be looking at, that's extremely ideal. So um, think about like your different professions, leaving a voicemail for a doctor at the end of their day. They probably don't want to listen to voicemail, but they might be able to listen to the text messages or they might be able to read their emails throughout the day. So know the right level of communication. Um, hey, it could be Facebook Messenger. Just know that we each, or, or Twitter, we each can respond in different ways now because communication is all good and it's all out there. Sure, dope.